Thank y'all. That was excellent. I oftentimes feel like I shouldn't even try to follow that, but today especially. Um, but uh, thank you, Miss Nancy and Reverend Martha. Uh, we're continuing in our sermon series today called Riding Out the Rapids. I chose this title, this imagery, because 2020 feels a lot like to me like uh, uh, a whitewater rafting expedition. I hope there have been moments for you that were kind of slow and smooth and calm. Uh, there have been moments like that in 2020, but then all of a sudden it seems like we're being swept away by raging rapids and, 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 and we're wondering if we can stay afloat. We're wondering if we can stay in the raft and and if you've ever been whitewater rafting, as I've shared each week, uh, before you ever get into the raft, you have a guide and the guide says, I'm going to be in the raft with you. And there is going to come a time on our journey where we are going to encounter raging waters. And when we encounter those raging waters, if you will listen to me, if you will do what I tell you to do, uh, then there is a really good chance chance that you're going to come out on the other side of those raging waters and experience smooth, calm and smooth waters once again. And so when we've been in this world where it seems like so much has happened in this year, uh, it would be good for us to remember that we have a guide, that, that we have someone in the boat with us. Someone who, if we will listen to what the guide says, there's a really good chance that we will be able to make it through the rough waters that we're facing and that we can come out on the other side and experience some smooth, calm waters. And so that's the imagery that we've been using. We've been in the Old Testament for the first several weeks of this sermon series, specifically in the book of Isaiah. But today we've ventured over into Matthew's gospel, the 13th chapter, the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower. You know, yesterday I had an opportunity to go back to my happy place, Ole Miss, Got to go to a football game. It was a lot of fun. Obviously, it's not my happy place because we win all our football games, right? Okay, so you have to find other reasons to be happy if you're an Ole Miss fan. Well, the reason why Ole Miss is my happy place is because uh, I grew so much spiritually and, and, and as an individual, as a man, during the four years that I spent in Oxford than I perhaps had grown before or perhaps have grown since. It's just a place where I really began to figure out who I was and maybe what God was calling me to be. It was just this important, important time in my life. And so um, Hillary's learning how important it is. And she went with me to the game yesterday and we're walking past my fraternity house. And so I pointed out that that's my fraternity house. And it made me think about one of the reasons why I loved Ole Miss so much was because of intramural sports. And so I played on my fraternity uh, intramural team, all the different sports. Uh, we were good. We were never great. We never finished first in the standings in any sport that I can remember. But we had a good time. 
Well, I was also involved in campus ministry, Wesley Foundation, your United Methodist student ministry that's on campuses all across the country. And and so I was talking with some of my friends in the Wesley Foundation one day and they said, Tommy, you know what you ought to do? You ought to stop playing for your fraternity because they represent the evil ones. And you should instead join the church league. God squad. And if you participate in God squad, not only will you have uh, just as much fun, but hey, church league is a lot easier than the fraternity league. So there's a good chance that not only are you going to have a lot of fun, but that you might finish first, finally in the standings if you play for the Lord. Well, this sounded reasonable to me. I mean, yeah, the fraternity, they did some things occasionally. I I never did anything, obviously. But, um, you know, some of those guys in the fraternity did some things that maybe would not have been found pleasing in the sight of the Lord. But if I'm playing for God's squad, surely that would result in a very successful campaign. Well, it didn't quite work out the way that I thought it would. Uh, we were playing in the basketball league, and, and, and I went up to grab a rebound, and I came down awkwardly, and I heard something pop, and I fell to the ground, and I found out later that I had torn my ACL in my left knee. Some good playing for God did for me. And, and so not only did I not personally have the season that I wanted to have, but our team still didn't finish first, even in the easier church league now i don't know about you but at that time i thought that uh, playing on god's squad would somehow guarantee me success and it didn't and that appears to be the point that one of the points that jesus might be trying to make in this scripture jesus himself knew That playing on God's squad doesn't always mean that you are going to be successful. The parable of the sower is one of the longest parables in the scripture. It's one of the few parables that actually has its own interpretation tacked on to the end of it. There's a really good chance that as Jesus is standing up to share this parable, that he's thinking about his own life, his own ministry. You know, the Greek that is translated in our New Revised Standard Version that was read today, uh, it, it says... Uh, a sower. But there are many scholars who believe that the Greek should more accurately be translated the sower. So that when Jesus is talking about a sower, that what Jesus is really talking about is the sower. Jesus is talking about himself. And so Jesus here is talking about him being the good sower. And this sower is casting out seeds. And now what is the seed? We expect that the seed is God's word, as Miss Nancy and Reverend Martha shared with us in the children's sermon today. This is the message that God gave to Jesus to come to earth to proclaim so that we could not only hear that word proclaimed, but we could see it being proclaimed by the son of God. 
And so Jesus is the good sower and the seed that Jesus is sowing is good seed. But as the seed is sown, some of it falls on good ground and some of it is lost. So we already know that the sower is Jesus, so the sower is good. We already know that the seeds that are being sown is the word of God, and we know that that is good. It appears as if the soil is the problem. You see, some of the soil fell on the path. Now, if you've ever been hiking, you know that when there is a path that lots of people have taken over a period of years and years and years, that that path becomes hardened, that that dirt becomes so compact that it almost feels like concrete somewhere. And so if you're a good sower and you are sowing seed and you throw it onto that path, it is so hard because so many people have been walking on it that it is not going to penetrate into the soil and that there is a much better chance that a bird or some other animal will come and take the seed as food for themselves than there is that that seed would somehow work its way into that hardened path and grow. And it's as if when Jesus is telling this story, He's saying to them, when you face turbulent and uncertain times, did you not know that there is a good sower out there that is sowing good seed? But sometimes that seed can't penetrate through the hardened heart or the hardened mind. And so for those of us who find 2020 to be a difficult year, maybe what the word of the Lord, maybe one of the things that is being asked of us is, is there a sense in which our hearts and our minds have become so hardened that something good that God is trying to grow in us or through us is unable to grow because it can't penetrate the hardened heart or the hardened mind. And then Jesus talks about there being a, a second kind of soil. It's called uh, the rocky soil. And, and, and we would be familiar with that here in Middle Tennessee, too. There's, there are a lot of places around here where it appears as if there's some good soil, but it's only inches and maybe even a foot deep. And then right underneath that good soil that appears to be good is this sheet of limestone rock. And so while you can throw a seed into that soil, uh, that, that seed will begin to grow and, and the roots will begin to grow down into the ground and they're seeking moisture, they're seeking water, but they can't find it because of that sheet of limestone rock that is right there underneath. And so what, what is the seed that is sown there will initially grow, but it, but it will not continue to grow because it's not being nourished by the water and it will end up withering and dying under the heat of the sun. And it's as if Jesus is saying, is there a sense in which you have allowed the sower to sow a seed into your soil, but then you didn't do what you needed to do? Then you didn't nourish it with life giving water, the, the living water. And, and so what had begun to grow and what looked so good and promising at first ends up withering and dying 
Because you haven't nourished it enough. You haven't exposed it to that living water. Is that a question that maybe God is asking us in the midst of this turbulent and uncertain season? Uh, Is there a sense in which God has planted a seed in us and for a while it was able to grow and and, and we were pleased with its growth, but then we began to neglect it. We we began to to, uh, not give it the life-giving water that it needs. And so now, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of the tensions that's existing across our globe, uh, this seed has begun to wither and die because it's not receiving the water. That it needs. And then there's this third kind of soil. It's a it's it's this thorny. Um, Now, if you've ever tried to plant a garden, you know that you you could take a, a, a bed of weeds and you could turn that bed over with a tiller or with a shovel or with a hoe. And 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 then it looks like that it's really good ground for you to plant a seed and to grow something beautiful. But if you don't get deep enough and you don't get the roots of all of those weeds and all of those thorns that was in that new that that place, then it doesn't matter what you plant. That stuff will come up. But so will the weeds and the thorns and everything else that was there before. And if you're not careful, those weeds and those thorns can begin to choke out what you planted that was meant for good, that was supposed to flourish and produce good fruit. And it's as if. Jesus is asking us in the midst of this crazy year that we're in is, um, are there things in your life that you are growing uh, that threaten to choke out the good thing that God is trying to grow in your life in the midst of this difficult season? If there is good news in the text today, it's it's this, that even though you've got a good sower, and even though you've got good seed, and even though all of our soil is not the best, Jesus promises that there can still be and will still be a harvest. And so if your soil is not what it should be, not what it could be, you could start today trying to make your soil more fertile. And when that good sower plants that good seed, it will bear much fruit. I think that's God's word for us in the midst of this difficult year that we're in. Let's take the opportunity to look at our soil. It doesn't always guarantee success in, any more than playing on God's squad guarantees you success in intramurals. But if we will take care of our soil, that it not be hardened to the seed being planted, that it not be shallow and not nourished by the life-giving word and water of God, And that it not be choked out by all of the other stuff that buys for our attention. Something good can grow. Something good will.